0: From Capital News Illinois in the State House, I'm Peter Hancock.
1: I'm Jerry Nowicki.
0: And this is Capital Cast. Back from kind of an extended Labor Day weekend, we thought we'd spend some time today talking about some of the the last flurry of bills that Governor J.B. Pritzker signed into law in recent weeks. Uh, Overall, Jerry, he signed, what, 500?
1: Yeah, 591, eight vetoes.
0: And eight vetoes, and one of those was, I think, an amendatory veto, uh, which we can get to in a minute. How does that compare with other recent governors?
1: Yeah, I ran a preliminary sort of analysis of of the bills that uh, other governors had signed by their first elected term uh, by the end of August. So for Governor Ryan, the last public act he signed in August of his first term in 1999, uh, he had 645 of them. Uh, Blagojevich in 2003, uh, he had 600 of them, and Governor Quinn now this was his first term after being elected governor, not the one he inherited from Blagojevich. So his first term in 2011, he had 615, and Governor Rauner uh, had 477. So and some of those are kind of difficult um, because I think Blagojevich had continuous session and Rauner had continuous session where they they extended it past May 31st.
0: And many of those governors also had uh, a, a lot of a lot of vetoes. Right. Uh, Didn't Blagojevich have, like, more than 100?
1: Yeah, I see Blagojevich had, like, 113. Now, I, these are bills that died by veto. I don't know if he had some more that got over overwritten. Um, and these n- numbers might not be 100% accurate, but they're in the ballpark. Uh, Quinn had about 60, rounder 60, and... Ritzker
0: uh, 8. Okay, and so in the final week there, uh, we should maybe remind listeners that when they close out the spring session, the General Assembly has 30 days to get a bill to the governor's office, and then the governor has 60 days in which to sign or veto the bill. So you're looking at a 90-day window, uh, which just closed there toward the end of August. Uh, What were some of the more significant ones that you remember covering?
1: Um, You, of course, had the big-ticket items, which are the ones he signed right off the bat. Yeah, There was a bill to regulate pharmacy benefit managers. It's a little-known middleman that supposedly affects drug prices and makes it difficult to be a smaller pharmacy. A lot of the rural pharmacies in Illinois are closing, and they they say this bill gives them a little bit of hope. Um, There was the bills, uh, immigration-centric ones, to protect tenants from uh, extortion. Uh, We've talked about that previously. just a whole lot of bills expanding access to mammograms was a big bipartisan one Um,
0: and I remember covering a few of them Uh, there was one abolishing the state's uh, charter school commission Uh, that had been getting kind of controversial because uh, there had been a really explosive growth in charter schools especially around the Chicago area including cases in which the commission overrode local school boards and approved charter schools Uh, One uh, requiring corporate boards to publicly report the ethnic, racial, and gender diversity on their boards of directors, and another one that generated a surprising amount of feedback from readers, it was uh, a a ban on smoking in cars with children. Uh, It's now illegal for adults to smoke in a vehicle when there are minor children present. A lot of questions about how the state's going to enforce that one. Uh, But overall, you know, 591 bills being signed. Uh, Many of them were much more significant than bills we've seen in the past, including the ones that uh, were signed into law earlier. Uh, Looking back, we had the Tobacco 21 legislation, means you can't sell tobacco to anyone younger than 21, we had the Constitutional Amendment on uh, that would allow a graduated income tax, uh, hiking the minimum wage to $15 an hour. Uh, this was a pretty extraordinary session, wasn't it?
1: Right. It definitely was. And those were the ones, uh, the bills he signed earliest to, to give him the most fanfare. And then, you know, in the recent weeks we had just a flurry of stuff that maybe extended TIF districts or amended language here or there.
0: Yeah, um, it, I, it seems like on Fridays, uh, right before five o'clock, we'd get these news releases that he had signed hundred and fifty bills, uh, right. and it was almost impossible to go through them. And I think in some ways we still are going through them, Right. Um, and probably will be right up and in, into the veto session. Speaking of which, veto session is coming up in late October, just about two months away. Um, what are some of the vetoes that? lawmakers may have to deal with
1: Uh, you know that there was the eight of them I think three or four of them were just bills that the language had passed in other legislation this year so there was no need to sign it twice Um, there was one uh, we discussed a couple weeks ago about uh, BB guns at schools that they're supposed to come to an agreement on uh, Republicans Democrats all of them
0: yeah there was a a a mandatory one-year expulsion if a student brought a BB gun or a paintball gun or anything like that into a school building.
1: Yeah, a little more nuance to that. The, the superintendent would have the uh, ability to over overrule that uh, suspension or expulsion.
0: But and there was one dealing with the Affordable Care Act, uh, basically prohibiting the administration from seeking a waiver, uh, so that. Uh, Medicaid or insurance companies wouldn't have to comply with all of the provisions of the Affordable Care Act
1: right so uh, the vetoes I imagine they could knock those out in a single day I think there are six days scheduled and and a lot of what we'll see might be new legislation new stuff put forward maybe trailer bills uh, affecting uh, cannabis or the gambling expansions that we saw Uh, I know Churchill Downs has some issues Uh, which they own Arlington Park, and we're threatening to close it. Um, And we're probably gonna see some energy legislation too, uh, in some form for clean energy, and uh, with the closure of the four Vistra plants, all of the state's energy uh, industries will be jockeying for position.
0: And you were just mentioning before we came on that House Minority Leader uh, Jim Durkin, the Republican leader in the House, had just filed a bill on Friday.
1: Yeah, that would uh, allow home rule municipalities to ban uh, ethylene oxide uh, within their city limits, village limits, whatever. Um,
0: This has to do with Sterigenics, uh, which is um, an industrial sterilization company that was using ethylene oxide uh, and was allowing far too much of it to be emitted out of the plant in, uh, remind me again where this is, it's in Willowbrook,
1: and it, that's a known cancer-causing gas. Uh, sp-
0: and there have been cancer clusters in that area, right. apparently. Um, so that's one of the more serious bills that could be coming up. And
1: and it's important to note that this it was because uh, the consent order that would allow sterogenics to reopen uh, under strict requirements, um, th- that was approved by a judge Friday, uh, the day the bill was filed.
0: OK, and remind us, there is this lawsuit going on. What. What's at the bottom, uh, what's this lawsuit about?
1: Yeah, uh, Governor Pritzker put a seal order on the company that prevented its use of ethylene oxide, um, and it's been shut down since February because it can't use the chemical that it needs to do its work. So this allows them to reopen, um, only emitting 85 pounds of ethylene oxide per year when it could have done somewhere between 3,000 and 7,000 pounds annually under... Previous permits.
0: So Governor Pritzker did that by executive order. Um, is that right?
1: Yeah, the EPA um, did, uh, he uh, ordered his EPA to put a seal
0: order on it. The Illinois Environmental Protection Agency. Yeah. Um, and so now he's, uh, there's this consent agreement uh, that would allow them to reopen under strict conditions. Uh, how are the municipalities uh, around there?
1: The, yeah, they don't like the idea. Um they were a party to the case um and they they testified, you know, about the negative health effects. Um the other thing about ethylene oxide is there's I think there's 20 plus permits uh to use it in Illinois and there's been four lawsuits recently uh against two other companies, Medline and Vantage Industries. Um Saying you know they played a role in in, in increased cancer rates in the er- in their areas as well. So this could be a big thing. I think Durkin's leader Durkin wants his legislation to be a catalyst for addressing this problem um, or this this chemical uh, um, on a widespread capacity in Illinois.
0: Okay, and then looking at some of the other legislation, we just got a report today that kind of summarized some of the bills that have been introduced. Uh, since the end of the session back on June 2nd Uh, some kind of interesting ones here Uh, Democrats Deb Conroy of Villa Park and Mary Edley Allen of Libertyville have introduced a bill to put a ban on flavored tobacco in Illinois Um, Thaddeus Jones a Democrat from Calumet City has a couple of interesting ones Uh, one of which would be to change the date of Halloween. I mean, Halloween has always been October 31st, uh, the day before All Saints Day. He wants to move that to the last Saturday in October, presumably so that kids wouldn't have to go go to school the next day all pumped up on sugar from the candy they got the night before, um, and to make make sure it's done on a weekend. Uh, He wants to designate June 19th each year as Juneteenth. That's a traditional day when they celebrate um, when slaves in Texas were finally informed that they had been freed. Uh, So it, it would be like Juneteenth Freedom Day and would be an official state holiday in Illinois. And then Alan Skillicorn, a Republican from Shelbyville, has one that is sure to stir some controversy if it ever gets a hearing would be to require all schools all school districts in Illinois to post the In God We Trust motto prominently in or on all of their school buildings. Um Alan Skillicorn of course is pretty well noted for um pushing the very conservative uh social agenda. Um anything else you see coming up?
1: Yeah uh There'll be there'll be some things. I think energy is the one I'll be focusing on, uh, the clean energy jobs act and and how it how it sort of accelerated with the closure of those
0: uh,
1: Vistra coal-fired power plants.
0: right. there' are, what four coal-fired power plants in Illinois that are now slated for closure right. And we they need to replace that energy somewhere else from some other source, we presume. right. And so this would be incentives for what wind farms solar arrays yeah and
1: the Clean Energy Jobs Act which is a major proposal um, the advocates for it say it it would uh, allow those communities who've lost coal plants to uh, other opportunities at um, training and whatnot to to take part in the clean energy um, process
0: And then also this week, I guess we can wrap it up with this. Uh, one prominent legislator announced that he's not going to run for reelection in 2020.
1: Yeah, David McSweeney from Barrington Hills. We've talked about him on this podcast before. Um, he is also another conservative, uh, anti-tax one that is very well known on social media, and um, he's been on the outs with his caucus. He's been
0: at war with
1: leader Jim Turkin, and
0: um, uh, pretty vocal and pretty public uh spat between them
1: right uh it it is not um it's you know the republicans Mm. it's just been infighting for their caucus uh i'm sure leader durkin won't be sad to see him go um but it's it's probably a calculated risk for mcsweeney because he said he wants to run for state office in 2022 um and he's got a large social media following by no means is he going to go away he's still going to make himself known on twitter and Facebook and all of that Uh, we won't be seeing any less of him
0: anytime soon okay well that will do it for this week on Capital Cast again I'm Peter Hancock here with Jerry Nowicki and until next time thank you for listening